Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to another episode and good morning. Well guys, a lot has happened since the last follow-up update on the rental property um, that I'm building out currently. Uh, so let's kind of recap because I know a lot of you guys have been following along and I'd like to keep you guys up to date. Um, and today's a perfect day because today is pouring rain. It's actually flash flooding right now. Um, yesterday and today. It's just crazy the amount of rain that's coming down. Uh, so I'm going to take the opportunity to catch up on what we were able to get done um, in the last few days or so. Okay, so to recap, the roofing. Um, we originally installed all the roofing panels, the metal roofing, on the main structure, the actual house, to keep all the rooms dry. And that's been done. Um, and we also finished up um, three quarters of the porch or deck overhang. So that's the, the roof that's covering the porch or the deck. That was also the, um, three quarters done. So we actually finished that. Um, what happened was I actually ran short of pieces of roof. I ran, let's see, one, two, three, three pieces short um, for what I needed. So I had to go and pick up more roof um, and finish putting those pieces on. After we put those pieces on, we ended up putting on um, like it's like it's called peel and stick, but it's it's a different brand that we're actually using. It's a really good stuff. Where basically where the two pieces of roofs meet at the very peak at the top, you put flashing, this flexible sticky flashing, all the way down the seam, and then after that you put your ridge cap on to cover it. Th that flashing is to prevent water from going up into the ridge cap. So if it's like really windy um, and it's raining, there's a chance of water being pushed up your roof. A lot of people don't realize this, but they take, there's a chance of water being pushed up your roof. And if it goes over the peak, then it can drip or um, leak down into your home. So for those of you that have never done roofing, if, especially metal roofing, if you ever take off the ridge cap, you'll notice there's flashing there. So we put our flashing on, we put our ridge cap on, and that's all done. So the roofing is done. But it was a challenge, let me tell you. It was an absolute challenge. Um, I'll be honest with you guys, I hated doing that whole roofing project. From building the trusses to putting the roof on and the flashing and the ridge cap, I, I don't like roofing. It was not fun, but hey, this is what we have to do to keep moving, right? So at least the roof is done and that's over with. Um, a lot of other things have happened. So the, the electrician... On my last podcast, I disclosed to you guys how much my electrician charged me and how much I paid him, right? Um, so that's all been done. Um, since then, what we've been doing, though, is we have been installing insulation in the walls, which is great news, right? Because once we finish up all the insulation and the plumbing, um, we're pretty much ready for drywall. Um, so last night, I worked up until about 1030 at night, and I was able to install um, all the plumbing um, for the venting system, right? Because you have to have um, venting through your roof. So I basically have um, everything ready to be stubbed right out through the roof. But I'm not ready to cut the roof opening for it to stub out through right now because it's flash flooding, right? So um, basically all that plumbing is complete as far as the drainage and the, um, the venting. I just got to cut the hole, send it through the roof, put my bushing on and then waterproof it and it's done. But I can't do that until the weather kind of gives me a chance to do that, right? Because I don't want to get water pouring into my house, especially when it's flooding. So, And I don't want to be on the roof and it's flooding anyway, right? It's very unsafe. 
Um, so that's that. Um, on another note, though, um, under the house, um, all the drain lines are pretty much complete except for the showers. Um, the showers are going to be last because of how they get installed. But basically, five shower lines need to tie into all my main lines that I have under the house that's already done. And then the, the drain lines will be complete. So that step will be probably right around the same time we start drywalling because I need to move things around in order to put it in. Uh, and then as far as makeup water, hot and cold lines. So I did install the hot and cold lines already. I ran them long ways and now it's time for me to start um, basically branching the hot and cold lines up through the floor or through the walls um, to tie into all the water fixtures like sinks, toilets, showers, etc. Right? Um, so that's actually my plan today is to basically stub up, up into the walls so they're up, you know, um, ready to go. Inside the house though, I do have all my um, copper stub outs for my quarter turn or angle stop valves. They're all installed already. They're all mounted. Um, so yeah, we're very close. The water line stuff is all PEX. Um, so it's very easy to install and very easy to you know, maneuver, just got to drill holes, send the pipe through, um, you know, crimp your connections and so forth. Um, so that's pretty much all I have to do as far as the, the water lines going into the house. Um, we also, I also purchased um, two hot water heaters. I purchased two 50-gallon hot water heaters, so it's a total of 100 gallons. And on these hot water heaters that I purchased, it can de deliver up to 61 gallons of hot water within the first hour um, so that's that's pretty good, right? Because it can try to keep up with the demand. So we do have more than enough hot water because we have two hot water heaters plus the capability of it being able to keep up within the first hour. So more than enough. Um, I have them in brand new boxes underneath the house because remember the rental property I built, um, one side of the house is low to the ground and the other side is pretty high because of the grade of the terrain or the ground. Um, so that uh, that gives me a lot of storage under the house. Right. That's why I'm able to walk under the house and kind of like, well, not walk, but half of the house I can walk. The other half, I'm kind of crouching down and, and kind of going more towards my knees as it gets lower. But on the higher end of the building, um, there's a lot of storage space. And so that's actually where I'm going to be installing the hot water heaters, the two hot water heaters and the water pump for the water catchment system. Um, so the game plan for that is I need to... Um, um, pour concrete, which I can easily do. Um, I'm going to make a form big enough to hold the two hot water heaters and the water pump. And then once the concrete is done drying and that's, that's all over, then I can set the hot water heaters on there with the water pump. And then I can plumb my water line from my catchment tank to my pump and then from my pump to my main water lines feeding the house. And I can also plumb the hot line, the hot water lines um, coming from the hot water heaters to the house and since it's all under the house where I ran or installed all the hot and cold lines it's basically right over all the equipment that I'm installing so it's very easy to branch down and tie right into all this stuff so I'm definitely thinking ahead to make my life easier when time comes to um, you know install the hot water heaters and stuff so I'm hoping in the next couple days here, I'm able to, um, well, I'm hoping by tomorrow, the next day, get all the um, concrete done because it's under the house, right? So it's flooding outside. So I'm trying to work either inside the house or under the house, right? 
So I want to get the concrete slab done, give that time to cure up, then that way I can install the hot water heaters and the pumps and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, it definitely is a process, guys. Definitely a process for sure. Um, just trying to think of what else was going on in the meantime. Oh, um, so a lot of the trash that was developing from building, you know, when you do a building process, building a house, you have a lot of trash, meaning... You know, you have garbage, you have cutoffs from scrap wood, you just have miscellaneous stuff that you just unusable, that you just cannot use. Um, so I took three truckloads, fully loaded, like really loaded down um, to the dump and basically cleaned up the property. So it looks really nice and clean now. And there's not much things out there now as far as building materials or trash or anything like that. Basically, the only building materials I have left over sitting out on, on a pallet um, is the building materials to finish building the railings and the stairs for the porch. Because as of right now, I only have the two ends of the porch have railing. The whole middle section is open. And that's for a reason. That way I can um, lift up the drywall when I get ready to install the drywall with my skidster and slide them into the door doorways. So that's allowing me to have space and room to really get things moving, get things up in there really easily. Um, so once the drywall is done and once I put the refrigerators inside the units, then I can in finish in um, building out the railings and the stairs. Um, so that's the railing and the stairs are going to be absolutely last because I want to keep everything open. Easier to install things, just going to make my life easier. Uh, so we're there on that. Um, I still have one of my workers working for me. Um, he's doing very good. Um, so, you know, good for him. Uh, on a side note, though, um, he actually ended up um, nailing his finger with the nail gun. Um, what, like a week ago? Uh, it didn't go all the way through his finger or anything like that. It basically, the, when he was holding a ball, I told him not to do it, you know. I'm telling him, hey, you know, keep your hand away everywhere, you know, wherever you're nailing with the nail gun. Because if, it, if the nail pops through the board, it may catch your finger, right? And I'm very adamant. I'm, I'm always safety-oriented because I don't want nobody getting hurt. And he wasn't paying attention, and he grabbed the board and went to nail, and the nail came out and shot out through the edge of the board. And basically, um, it didn't go through his finger, but the skin on the tip of your finger, it kind of nicked and went in and came out a little bit. So basically, it's kind of, you know, it t tore the skin, you know, but it didn't go, like, through the finger. Um, so his finger is all healed up now. He's all good to go. Um, but other than that, that's the only um, injury that we've had, sent, um, you know, from building so far. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a minor thing. But still, you know, he learned his lesson. He said he's never going to put his fingers next to where he's nailing with the nail gun. <laughs> Sometimes it takes, you know, something like that to wake you up. And that's the thing. I kept telling him, I'm like, hey, man, you know. I see you keep putting your hand over there. Stop it. I said, because one day when the nail comes through that board or you, when you nail, if you nail it at a wrong angle, you're going to, it's going to catch your finger. And sure enough, it did. Right. So, Hey, he learned the hard way. Um, now, um, my other worker, I'm actually, um, been laying off my other worker. Um, he's been, I don't know what the, the right, correct word for this, but I'll, I'll tell you the word I want to use. Which is, to me, it seems like he's becoming lazy or too comfortable, okay? And so when somebody gets too comfortable or lazy, when, especially when I'm paying them to work, 
um, I will either do a couple things. I will give them more work to do um, or I will lay them off so that way they can value their position and value their job. And so in this case, I did lay um, one of my guys off. Um, he's been off now for, this is going on, this actually, yeah, it's been four weeks now. He has not worked. Um, but I'm still working the other the other guy. Um, because bes- besides myself, I have two other people that I'm hiring um, that work for me, right? Um, so one of the guys have been laid off. But that's okay, too, because the project is starting to wind down where I don't need two guys to be on the project all the time. Just me and one other guy is more than enough to get this project done now. Um, so, you know, that's the thing about that. I feel bad because that that person has worked for me for a long time. Especially, he, he, he was working for me when I was running my companies. He, he was my employee. And, he, you know, all, all up until now, he's technically still my employee. But, um, you know, he's gone through a lot with me as far as work and different projects and my businesses. And for to see him just kind of get lazy really disappoints me because what you guys don't know is like behind the scenes when he's working for me doing like my regular work that I used to do for a living, um, I would always pay him extra, you know? So not only does he make his hours, but I would, I would, you know, depending on how hard he hustles, when I pay him, I would give him extra all the time, right? And so it disappoints me to see him get, you know, too relaxed or too lazy because now the other person that I'm, I'm hiring is doing circles around him now. So, you know, it, it is what it is, you know. But yeah, uh, I'm hoping this rain settles down a bit so that way I can continue working because I want to put the, the vents through the roof. Because here's the thing, guys. I cannot install the drywall until I get the, the venting for the drainage through the roof. Right? So that's pretty important. <laughs> So, I don't know. They said this rain, this this flash flooding and all this stuff is supposed to last for uh, a couple days. And now this is the third day already. And, you know. So, what I'm doing is just doing loose ends inside of the house. Cleaning up. Installing insulation on the walls. Um, I can install uh, most of the insulation on the ceiling just in those areas where I have to have access to the ceiling. Um, you know, into the attic. I won't put insulation right away until... You know, the vents are installed and then I can finally put the insulation in. So, you know, it's one of those things. Um, technically, I could still put... I, I just don't like going back and doing work again, right? So, to me, I'd rather just put the vents in. It's done. Put all the insulation in. That's done. Put all the drywall in. That's done. But because of the weather, it's looking like I'm going to have to kind of like jump around a bit. So meaning, you know, finish putting insulation in all the places I can. And if I can somehow get the drywall out here and keep it dry, I can I can install most of the drywall, but just not in those areas where I need to still have access. You know, I just want to keep moving forward, right? But the weather is definitely throwing me a curveball right now because you cannot get drywall wet, right? It's just going to fall apart and crumble on you. You don't want it wet. And when it's flash flooding and pouring rain like this, uh, yeah, you don't want to bring your drywall out. You don't even want to buy drywall yet or even try to have it delivered. And in my case, I'm not having anything delivered. I'm trucking it in myself. Every piece of this house, every board, every nail, every tool, everything, I trucked in with my truck and my trailer. 
nothing has been delivered except gravel to make my road that I you know I've been building out a road so yeah um gotta pick and choose my battles for sure uh let's see what else do I got going on we have all the paint we have I have a brand new painting gun airless sprayer um I'm ready to keep moving on this project but weather is slowing me down right now um so after I get off this podcast what I'm going to do is I'm going to go under the house and continue plumbing up the hot and cold lines, stubbing them up through the walls and through the floor. That way that's done. Just little things here and there that I can try to do while the weather is basically really bad. (laughs) Right? It's like a storm right now, so it's pretty crazy. Um, But yeah, just loose ends. Oh, so we do have all the cabinets. I purchased all the cabinets and all the countertops for all the units. So that's done. And I have all the countertops and cabinets in in their individual units ready to be installed. They're basically in the center of the room. That way we can still work around the edges, putting insulation in and so forth, right? Uh, So we do have all the cabinets um, here. I ended up buying um, 10 cabinets. And I ended up buying 5 sink basins and 5 bases. The difference is a sink basin just has two doors and an open top. That way you can put your countertop on and put your sink. On a base, the base is another cabinet that you can put next to your sink basin or next to your sink. And that one usually has like some shelves. So that's the that's the case. That's in this case, that's what it is for mine. So there's two cabinets in each unit and a, I think, eight foot. Yeah, eight foot um, countertop. Um, so that's more than enough for the little kitchenette. Uh, the other thing is too, I am still waiting for the refrigerators. I bought five brand new refrigerators um, that's currently being shipped in. Um, so once we get to that point, you know, I can put all the refrigerators next to the cabinets and to the countertops and really start tying in the kitchens and just keep moving forward. Now, here's the thing, guys. I am extremely pushing to try to have this place done by the end of the month. Like, I want it complete and done by the end of the month. But with days like this, where it's pouring rain and flooding and storming, kind of hard to keep to a deadline, right? Um, Because here's the thing, guys. I have some people ready to move in and start renting, right? But I cannot allow that. I can't, you know, I can't... um, Well, obviously, I can't rent it if it's not done, right? And so here's the thing, guys. I have a lot of money out on this project, right? Lots of money. Um, As of right now, let's see. As of right now, with estimating and the drywall cost, which I already have the money aside for, cash for it. So total from the project, from the starting of this project to right now, and accounting for everything, I'm looking at right around $90,000. And that's how much I've spent. Roughly $90,000. I have um, 5000 sitting on the side for drywall. Um, and then I have more money sitting aside. But my point is that that's what this is costing me so far. About ninety grand. But it's a big place. Right? The total footprint is... Let's see. 32 feet wide by 80 feet long right so it's a 20 by 80 building with a five foot deck with three foot overhang on the front and back 
So it gives you the, the size and the scale of this. And um, there's five units in there. So, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty big place. <laughs> you know, here's the thing too. Um, because we're doing five of everything, it's pretty tedious, a lot of the stuff, right? Because whatever you do in one room, you got to do in all the rest. So last night when I was doing all the venting lines up in the attic, running all the venting lines and all the T's and connections and couplings and elbows and everything else, I had to do I had to do them five times over, right? And then tie them all together. Well, not all of them. Um, tie you know some you tie some together, some you don't. You know that kind of stuff. And so um, yeah, that was pretty tedious. And then as soon as I finished that, we went back on to putting insulation in. Now, I am using my Milwaukee um, staple gun, the M12 model, and that thing is a beast. Like, no joke, that thing, you can just burn through staples so fast. Instead of wearing your hand out by the old school, you know, whack attacker or the staple gun where you got a, it looks like a hammer, but you put staples in it. Um, that's how I did my house, right? But now I bought a um, battery powered one and you just press the trigger, tink, 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 and it's super fast. And it doesn't wear your arm out, you know, so because there's a lot of stapling when you're putting insulation in. So that's definitely saved my arms a little bit. You know, there's one tool I'm very disappointed at is the Milwaukee M18 Jigsaw. I absolutely hate that tool. I own tons of Milwaukee tools and I don't ever complain about all their any of their tools because their tools are really good stuff. But man, their M12 jigsaw sucks. It, to me, it is garbage. To me, it's garbage. And I'll, I'll tell you what's the reason. So there is no adjustable speed. So when you push the trigger, you have no adjustable speed. Okay? It's one set speed and that's it. Okay? It is what it is. Uh, but I would like to have that feature where you can adjust the speed. Right? Okay, now put that aside. The other problem is, is that so you can... This jigsaw has a lever that you can um, basically it tightens or loosens the the um, the plate, right? And if you loosen the plate, you can turn it to a forty-five or whatever you want and lock it in, and you can cut. You're supposed to be able to cut that direction. Here's the problem: when you put it on a regular flat setting, which is a zero, right, or ninety ninety degree, um, and you press the trigger because from the vibrations from the machine. It moves that lever constantly. And the next thing you know, the plate is crooked and you're cutting crooked. Like that, I cannot stand that because it's just nonstop. As soon as you press the trigger, it starts to, it's already moved. And then next thing you know, your, your plate's moving and then your, your cut's not straight because it's tilting. That, the whole point of that lever is to lock it in the position that you want it. And it doesn't stay. So what I have had to do is take a piece of tape and wrap a piece of tape around it so that that little lever does not move and it stays where it's supposed to stay. I shouldn't have to take a piece of tape to stop the lever from moving. But that's my, my complaint about the um, Milwaukee M12 um, jigsaw. I would stay away from that one. Maybe the M18 jigsaw is better. But here's the thing. like no, Normally, if you're using a jigsaw, like at least in my case, you're using it in a tight spot. Right, so that's why I bought the M12 model because I'm cutting in tight spots. With the M18, the M18 battery is bigger. Sure, it's got way more power and everything, but it's bigger and it's heavier. 
So it's harder for you to get into tight spots, and then it's also heavier. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I don't actually own the M18 jigsaw. I own the M12. So maybe the M18 is better as far as the locking mechanism. Um, but then again, too, they, they shouldn't have a problem with their jigsaw to begin with. So it is what it is. No. Oh man, so much has happened. So much has happened, guys. Um, in the next podcast, I'm actually going to go over the septic. Um, I have good news about that, and I'm going to update everybody about the septic tank and how all that turned out in the next podcast, so stay tuned for that, um, because we're getting very close to closing this project up, guys. Um, like I said, I'm pushing to have it done by the end of the month, like complete, but if the weather keeps acting up like it is, then I'll be pushed back on my deadline, but you know, Mother Nature, you know, we can't control it, we just have to obey it, <laughs> basically, right, so... Anyway, guys, I'm going to get back to getting under the house, finish up the water lines, and um, just try to make the best of my day, keep moving forward, right? Maybe go buy more insulation and install more insulation or something. So, anyway, guys, stay positive, keep pushing forward. I'll see you guys in the next one.